I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Some good tweets in in response, by the way. Twitter reactions brought to you by our friends at Shop and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Some good tweets in in response to uh, who I should like publicly. Uh, because I'm not ready to... I, I've for years admitted to you guys that I like Taylor Swift. I like her a lot. Uh, I went. I mean, one of the f- best concerts I've ever went to was Taylor Swift at First Energy Stadium. It's about like a summertime concert outdoors that is just awesome. But I understand. Like I like I like Scotch on the Rocks. I'm kind of more. I'm a sports guy. I'm do all this. It's not. It doesn't fit the profile nearly as well as maybe it should at this point in life. And so I'm trying to come up with other things, other other people that can at least tell you guys that I like instead. Eric on Twitter says Tom Petty needs to be the play. Like universally, Tom Petty should be who I tell people I like as opposed to liking Taylor Swift as much as I do. Let's go to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He likes Taylor Swift. His name is Chris Fedor, Cleveland.com. Joining us here on The Fan. Hello, Chris. What the hell is wrong with liking Taylor Swift? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's just... One of the first times, I'll never forget when I first uh, came to Cleveland and Uh I heard you on the air and I thought to myself, at that time in my life, Chris, I was the the bling and likes Taylor Swift guy. That was like my radio (laughs) persona. And I flip on the fan and I hear this guy who is like talking about liking Taylor Swift and and the high school lettering and bowling. And I'm like, wait a second, (laughs) what happened? He stole stole my bet. It's the same bet. (laughs) Well... I gladly pass that along to you. How about that? <laughs> sure. Uh, by the way, hey, uh, I don't know if you've listened to any of the new uh, album or not, but uh, Antihero, I think, is my favorite track so far. That's all I got. Yeah, so I'm going to listen to it tomorrow before the game. I've been pretty busy. I was writing late last night. Obviously had practice today, and it's a beautiful day in Chicago. It was in the mid-70s, and right now it's probably in the – Low 60s to mid 60s, so I just had a great walk along the river walk. Nice. Um, I'm about to go to a piano bar after talking to you, so Taylor Swift is going to have to wait until tomorrow. All right. Uh, text me and let me know. I, I feel like it sounds a lot like the Reputation Tour album, if I'm going to be honest. like It sounds like it's got it's got those vibes. So if you like those vibes. Well, I'm fine with in. that. Yeah, yeah, you're in. Uh, have you retired the golf sticks for the year yet or no? <laughs> I think so. Um it was funny because I was golfing shortly before media day. It was a couple of days before media day. So it was late September and I'm on the 18th tee box at Sandridge country club. And I think to myself, Oh my God, this is probably the last drive you're going to hit for the rest of the season. <laughs> and then the, the guys that I was golfing with Joe Varden and my buddy, Gary, Mann. Gary says to me, you need birdie to break 80. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Don't be saying stuff like that to me already <laughs> because I already have in my thought, 
process that this is going to be my last drive that I'm going to hit all season long. And then I had a six-foot birdie on the par 518th at Sandridge, and um, I didn't even touch the hole. I completely <laughs> blew the putt. I was above the hole, completely blew it. So I took 80 on my last round of, of the season. Um, I think I have retired the six. Um, you can cross your fingers and hope that maybe there's an off day coming here where it's actually going to be nice enough to go out there and play. But mentally, I've checked out of the golf at this point. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, that's a good way. That's a good round to end on. No question yeah. about that. And, and you, you really you, wanted that seventy nine, though. Yeah, it really. Would, it would have been it. nice to go out that way. Do you do you do the simulator golf at all or no? No, not usually. Um, I like to see where my ball goes. I like to see sure. the ball flight. I'm that kind of guy. Sure. No, I get it. And it's nice for the break, too. I, I feel like you have a healthy relationship with golf where you're like, I'll just set it aside for three, four months. I'll see you. I'll see you when I'm supposed to see you in the spring. That's nice. That's exactly right. It was a good summer for me. I won um, a couple of scrambles that I was entered in. Um, me and my buddy played a two-man match, actually a 27-hole two-man match at Turkey Foot nice. out in Akron, like and Foot. we actually held our own in that against some pretty steep competition. So I'm feeling good about where my golf game is at, and if I just go out there you know, some random day in October and I put up like an 86 or 87 on one of these rinky-dink courses, I'm probably <laughs> going to be pretty pissed with myself. Chris Cleveland.com joining us here on The Fan. All right, you gave an update on Darius Garland. What was that? Yeah, so he's out tomorrow in Chicago, and it's improbable that he's going to play in the home opener on Sunday. I was told not to completely rule it out because he could wake up Sunday and the swelling in his eye could be gone and things could start progressing that kind of way. But this organization right now, Jonathan, is bracing for Darius to miss multiple games, maybe even extending into next weekend, um, because it's pretty significant in terms of the swelling that he has um, with his eye. And, and I was told yesterday, and, and the Cavs released this as well, no structural damage. Um, he's not going to need surgery. The, the point of where he got scratched, where the laceration is, is on the eyelid, not the eyeball, so that's good. And it's mm. kind of on the eyelid where it's closer to the bridge of the nose. So that's good, too, I think. It's just a matter of you got to get that swelling down and you got to feel like once he goes out there, you know, he's going to be protected when he plays. So I don't think the Cavs are going to rush this. I think they feel like they have enough other options that can at least fill in the void. And I think they're going to take their time because he's so important to their success. And because this is obviously a situation where the Cavs aren't trying to be at their best in late October. They're trying to be at their best by the end of this season. And the last thing that you want is to rush Darius and have some kind of setback. Yeah, wouldn't you say this is part of the luxury of having someone like Donovan Mitchell then? You yeah. don't have to. You can take your time here. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw it now, now in saying that, when Donovan Mitchell was not on the court the other night against Toronto, um, the Cavs completely collapsed. That's yeah. where they lost the game. In the six minutes without Donovan, they were outscored 14-6. Um, to six. So they're going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to adjust the rotation so that they don't completely collapse without Donovan. But, yes, this is the situation that they're in where they have a ball-dominant player who is comfortable running the offense the way that Darius Garland can – and I fully expect tomorrow night against the Bulls that Donovan Mitchell is going to start at point guard. 
and J.B. Bickerstaff is either going to put Isaac Okoro or Dean Wade or Jetty Osman into the starting lineup and shift Karis Levert to the two. When you have a versatile, deep roster with different guys who can fill different roles, Karis included, that helps you in these kinds of situations. Chris Vidor, Cleveland.com, joining us here on The Fan. And, and you mentioned Okoro, and I, I texted you, I said, I loved your piece. I, that was so good. It, it just, Thank you. It, it was really well done, really nicely done. And I, I've been thinking about Okoro a lot. And Were you surprised that he didn't get the start at the three in opening night? I wasn't, because everything that the Cavs were about going into the regular season was, how do we make things easier on Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell? How do we create as much spacing as possible for those two guys. And with that being in mind, even though Isaac has worked really, really hard on his shooting form, and even though he shot 35% from three-point range last year, there's just a different level of threat to an opposing defense that Karras brings to the table. And Isaac doesn't right now. Teams are not afraid of Isaac. They're going to um, sag off of him and crowd the paint and try and make it harder on Darius and Donovan. So of all the options that you looked at, Jetty Osman, Dylan Windler, um, (laughs) Isaac Okoro, Lamar Stevens, the guy who had the best offense-defense blend where J.B. Bickerstaff didn't feel like he was sacrificing one for the other was Karis LeVert. And because of his offense and because of the pressure that he can take off of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, he made the most sense to me as a starting small forward, even though – He's never played that position in his NBA career, even though he's never played that position in his college career. And even though it's a big adjustment for him to play alongside two ball-dominant guards, they just couldn't afford to have a non-factor offensively like Lamar Stevens, Isaac Coro, um, in that starting lineup when everything's about trying to make things easier on Donovan and Darius. You know, when Kevin Love came to the Cavs, I remember everyone thinking like, oh, it's, it's going to take months for him yeah. to get uh, you know on the same page with everyone, and it's – it's going to just be a really long time. And it took about three months. And everyone like everyone talked about how amazing that was, that in three yep. months' time he was able to do it. It was, it was like a miracle almost, right? How long should I realistically expect to have Donovan Mitchell and the rest of this offense really humming and really looking like they're copacetic together? Well, it's really strange in the situation that they're in now, right, Jonathan, because they're mm-hmm. not going to have Darius Garland. And the role that Donovan Mitchell is going to play alongside Darius is different than the role that Donovan's going to have to play when Darius isn't out there. And the role that Karis LeVert is going to have to play when Darius and Donovan are out there is different than the role that he's going to play for the next couple of games because Darius isn't going to be out there. So, like, that messes with you a little bit in terms of the rhythm that you're trying to create, in terms of the offensive flow that you're trying to create, and in terms of the comfortability that these guys are trying to find adjusting to all of the different things that they're trying to adjust to. In saying that, I think it's going to be relatively seamless because if you think back to last year, um, especially in the second half of last season, when Ricky Rubio was injured then traded, when Karis LeVert wasn't 100%, and when Colin Sexton was dealing with a season-ending knee injury. You know, so much of, of what the Cavs were trying to do fell on the shoulders of Darius Garland. And the Cavs were looking at the situation that they were in, and fans were looking at the situation that they were in and saying, Darius needs help. Darius Mm -hmm. needs another dominant um, um, playmaker. Darius needs somebody like Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) Um, So I think because of the style that Donovan plays, um, I think he's the kind of player 
that fits well alongside Darius. Darius has shown that he can be equally effective on the ball and off the ball. Donovan has shown throughout the course of his career that he can be effective on the ball and off the ball. So it doesn't have to be a situation of my turn, your turn. With those two guys and the skill sets that they have, I feel like they complement each other really, really well. They're different kinds of players, but they also have, in some ways, a similar skill set in terms of playmaking, shot creation, shooting from the outside, catch and shoot, off the dribble, driving to the basket, like all those different things. If you had to guess, Chris, how many All-Stars do you think we're going to end up on the, with this team for this year? There's no way that they get four. I know a lot of people are talking about that because they've got four of, what, the top 50 players in the NBA, but that's just not happening. There's not enough spots to go around. It took a lot to go right last year um, in favor of the Cavs, let's Agreed. put it that way, for them to just get two, right? Um, so I think two is probably the number that I lean towards, um, especially because when you're talking about like front court guys, whether it's Jared Allen or Evan Mobley, that is a loaded spot in the Eastern Conference, right? You're talking Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Giannis, and then you keep going through that list, KD, and you're like, okay, where are the spots even going to come from for Evan Mobley and Jared Allen? So I think it's most likely that the Cavs get two. Um, maybe it's Darius and Donovan, or maybe it's Donovan and one of the front court guys. But four's out of the question, and I think three is going to be incredibly difficult, even though you might be able to make the argument that they should have had more than two. When you're at the piano bar, are you the type that give like the five dollars and then what's your song? Or do you just wait until Sweet Caroline plays or Don't Stop Believing <laughs> or Piano Man and you're just enjoying it? Yeah, I mean, I'm just enjoying it usually, but anytime like I can request Journey, that's happening. <laughs> Journey's your go to? Okay, I it, like it. It doesn't and it doesn't matter which song it is. I love Journey so much, especially when you're talking about somebody playing it on the piano. Now, what song do you go to the bathroom? You're like, I, I'll skip this one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I really have one. To you be don't? To be honest with you. No. I feel like I feel anytime, like, like, pour some sugar on me always plays at these bars. <laughs> and anytime it comes on, I'm like, that's I'll, I'll take five. I'll take a lap. I, I mean, I feel like I have a pretty eclectic taste when it comes to music. I like a little bit of country. I like pop. I like rock. I like Taylor Swift, whatever you want to classify, classify her as. I like, you know, 80s rock. Um, the one thing that I do love in piano bars, to be perfectly honest with you, Jonathan, mm -hmm. is when they go with like a rap version and they turn it yep. into a piano bar yep. every type song. Time. Every time. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Like they could do some Kanye gold digger <laughs> on the piano or they could do some Drake. And it's really, really cool because you're not used to it sounding that sort of way. Love it. All right. Well, enjoy the piano bar tonight. Uh, appreciate uh, you coming on and giving us a few minutes. And of course uh, we're reading everything you have over at cleveland.com and everyone else is too. Uh, you're killing it. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you, man. You got it, man. Anytime. All right, good stuff right there with Chris Fedor, Cleveland.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.